0: Hey, well, thank you guys for coming to uh, Newton's seminar. Um, it's my pleasure to introduce today's speaker, Dr. John Pollock. Some of you uh, probably first got to know John uh, as a, a faculty member in the Quantitative Genetics Group at Cornell. Others of you probably didn't get to know him uh, until he was director of the Meat Animal Research Center. And for those of you that still don't know him, uh, you'll get to know him uh in his current role as a uh uh part I don't know what the title is John but part-time uh employee of the University of Nebraska um with the uh uh obligations of uh directing uh the the vision process and beginning to put legs under uh what is the integr- Nebraska integrated beef systems initiative. That's what he's going to visit So John I'll turn it over to you. Well, it's a pleasure to finally talk to you as a UNL employee. (laughs) You know, in my wildest dreams, I never envisioned that I would leave Cornell. And then I never envisioned that I would end up at the Meat Animal Research Center. Gordon, Nebraska wasn't on my top five list of places to retire. But uh, grandkids are a strong magnet. And after a year of Learning how to uh, be a parent again. This week in in Nebraska, I spend each month, is really a godsend. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for hiring. (laughs) Developing the Nebraska Integrated Beef Systems. This this has been somewhat of a nebulous cloud for quite some time. And I think what we hope to do today is talk to you about the process that's been taken to get to the point where we've gotten a green light to go ahead this I think is a very exciting opportunity. And so I'm gonna take you through that process and some of the ideas that we use to get to this point and then talk to you about next steps because the next steps are, are to me the really important. When I first uh, was approached about this position by Archie, uh, we talked about a three-year appointment god willing i would take that (laughs) and it was going to be a process where we went through and and developed this program and initiative over that period of time i met with the leadership group in ag fall just prior to signing on and all of a sudden there was this urgency Um, the vice chancellor wanted to get this moving he wanted to make sure that we were on track he was ready to offer some uh, what we think is is credible resources to get this going and the timeline shortened dramatically. And I'll take you through that process. First of all, there were numerous activities over the past year of vision. And in fact, when I met with a group of senior faculty here to discuss next steps, I said, you know, we've done this ad nauseum, it's now time to actually start doing something of putting, put together a program, let's get down some specifics that we can use forward. But we had a lot of input over those visioning sessions that had taken place to go back through and mine as we started to to develop the concept. Not only that, there was activity and some great activity. Uh, When I was at the center and I heard Rick Rasby present at one of your animal science advisory, uh, committee meetings that I was at, this uh, SAR grant that he received, I got very excited because we were developing the Living Lab concept at U.S. Mark, and, and I texted him while he was still sitting in that committee meeting, telling him, you got to come to the center, and we got involved in that. And that was, that was the start of our engagement. We had that joint grant program with uh, UNL and U.S. Mark. And in the second, third year of that particular program, we decided to pick two flagship programs to support. The Genetics Genomics Program, there was a lot of interaction between uh, UNL and the Meat Animal Research Center and the Beef Systems Program. So those dollars flowed into developing those uh, initiatives. Then there was success here at the university in putting together the Beef Systems Initiative Project. To refer to it as a project and leverage to get uh, the FAR grant that uh, Jim has, has accomplished there. What we're talking about here is morphing not that particular project, but the meat Systems Initiative concept into a program. The April 16th meeting that took place, and I don't know how many of you here attended that. Uh, was a meeting that Archie viewed as being one that's going to solidify direction. And I was supposed to be at that, but unfortunately, we were in a car accident. And I couldn't come down for that. Uh, but shortly after, I was brought on in August, actually. Got to start campaign in, in August. I was brought on way back in June, uh, to actually start looking at the implementation of this, of this program. Now the approach was different, and I wanna clarify steps that were taken as we took this approach. The INR leadership, when I met with them, asked me to work with four senior faculty that they had selected and Clint to go through the previous vision sessions to come up with ideas and present a framework that we could then use to, to move forward with this initiative. We met with them on August 2nd, and that was quite an interesting meeting because the vision of the leadership group there was presented to us. And it was actually much broader than I had actually envisioned from my previous conversation. We presented some ideas, but we were sent away with the charge of coming back and presenting to that leadership group a series of ideas and concepts that gave them the confidence to go ahead and pull the trigger to fund this initiative in some form or fashion. We did learn at that meeting that they were ready to identify uh, eight positions that they believed related to the beef systems initiative. Some of them you'll recognize as uh, refills that would be released once this framework would be put together. But in fact, we actually were moving the one position forward sooner than that, uh, Rick's position, because that was somewhat independent of what we were gonna develop. There are some new positions on there for animal science that. This organization here in animal science is going to have to determine the direction of and the scope and skill sets associated with. But I think you can see from this that the administration views this initiative as a partnership with the diagnostic lab. There's this one health concept that's been going around uh, the university and they want to instill that into the beef systems program that animal health will be an integral part of this. There are refilled positions and there are new positions and there is some redirection. Um, they didn't explain the redirection to us, but they're talking about the movement of resources. And so uh, this, this is something that uh, they'll plan as we come forward to them. And as I mentioned, we were also asked to provide this framework.
1: The idea behind
0: that was if we could come back with what they envisioned as a skeleton upon which we can build this Beat Systems Initiative that was subsistence <coughs> enough. they would go ahead and start uh, the exercise and we would be able to start to go out and broaden for input and, and broader ideas. Our second meeting was on October 9th and we presented our case. And I'll come back and talk about some of the elements of that case as we uh, move on. But uh, we actually got the thumbs up. Uh, every one of the leadership over there said they were uh, very impressed with the effort that had gone in. They understood the process we were talking about. They saw how we had sort of crystallized a bit, all those visioning sessions, and we were ready to move forward. Except, that they wanted to have a meeting with a few stakeholders. And so on October 30th, we brought in uh, Bill Richel. Many of you may know. uh, He calls himself a tired Angus breeder because he won't use the word retire. (laughs) But he's here in Lincoln, and Bill is a a very good thinker, and I've used him a lot in the past. He was one of the members. Pete Climate, from the Nebraska Cattlemen. uh, Greg Uden from the... uh, our facility uh, feed lot. <clears throat> Greg, as many of you know, was also the uh, NCBA chairman two years ago or something like that. Sally Aitkins, a uh, rancher and a person who's uh, on Adrian Smith's committee, and Pete Anderson. And What group is Pete? Midwest PMS. Midwest PMS. And we presented just some of the highlights of our deliberations and presentation. And they reinforced to the leadership there that this was a great direction to be going in. Uh, They thought it was a very large challenge for the university to take, but they were certainly uh, very supportive of it with some suggestions to move forward. So I'm gonna talk a little bit about what we presented because now as we broaden the conversation and look for additional input. Uh, we'd like to still follow some of the processes that we use to get to where <laughs> we were able to get them to pull the trigger uh, for this this movement. Innovation was a big deal for them. They wanted us to innovate. They wanted us to make UNL unique. Come up with ideas that uh, <clears throat> stretched uh, the imagination of uh, what we thought we could do and um, utilize and capture the strengths of the facilities and the the resources here at the, the university. And I looked at innovation as being, I looked at innovation as being at three levels. One at the infrastructure and technology level, so we tried to come up with some examples for them of what would be innovative in terms of data capture, technology, and <coughs> facilities. Innovation at the concept level, what ideas would sort of be an umbrella concept that uh, we would be following and, and looking at in terms of our particular uh, motivations for research. And then the final one is the innovation at the level of actually coming up with research projects, teaching experiences, extension activities. So we focused on these two. Uh, We felt like if we could at least show a framework of of, uh, visioning at that level, that that would would suffice in terms of uh, getting through the next step. I'm a big vision guy. So I asked the four faculty, I think you know who they are, Jim, Matt, Galen and, and Rick. Uh, I asked them to help me wordsmith a, a vision. Um, they weren't very good at it, <laughs> I tell you. But we got through it and came up with the vision. And it really is supposed to be simple, people are supposed to understand it, but it is supposed to talk about the motivation for why you exist. And so we really are looking at an organization or a initiative that creates knowledge Distributes that knowledge through the teaching and extension program, and we are targeting decisions that are made on a daily basis by people who are in the beef industry across all segments. That's that's the vision that we want to to do, to enable them to make more informed decisions. We recognize in this vision that we're going to have to work across all segments, but not independently. We need to connect those segments a little bit better than they are with data and information and knowledge. And that we're going to be working with genotypes. We're always working with animals. They have certain genotypes. Those genotypes react differently in different environments, different management schemes. And we also have to recognize the consumer uh, desires and their attitudes. So this is our vision. When I was at the center, I invited in Paul Genome. Many of you may know Paul uh, Ozedoni. He ran Desiree, Florida King Ranch in Texas and then the church's ag holdings <coughs> out Utah. And I asked him to come in and evaluate the center's administrative staff. And the first thing he asked every one of our administrators is what's your vision? Can you articulate And I was pretty proud of the fact that every one of our guys that were in the leadership role there, either on the UNL side or the federal side, was able to tell them what the vision was. They couldn't say word for word, but they did a good job of explaining the next question he asked is, if I went out to the field, could each one of your employees tell me a vision? And the answer to that was probably not. A vision is very important because it shows a consistency of thought and effort and motivation. And so as we move this forward, I'll be talking about that vision quite a bit. The other area that I like to work from is what I call guiding principles. And these define the core of what you do and how you do it. Now, we came up with just a few examples of guiding principles. There needs to be a lot more because as I said, we focused on certain areas, but we left other areas open because we just didn't have the time to do it. We didn't have the expertise we needed in the group of four to actually expand on it. And so we did what we could with some guiding principles and they led to recommendations and opportunities that we felt would be important to To represent to the leadership team, the first set has to do with genetics. That shouldn't surprise you. That's my field. That's one place where I I have a good understanding of what's possible and an opportunity uh, working with Matt and his group uh, here over the years to to design something very very quick. So. The first is this genotype by environment, by management, by societal interactions. And this is becoming a concept that's being uh, visualized in a lot of different areas as I'll come back. To. The second is understanding the genome to phenome and. This is going to be very important as we move forward in defining the types of phenotypes that that need to be collected to understand the systems better. I'll come back to that in a minute. And the other thing is to try and centralize data that's collected on animals that go through the UC system. Right now, I imagine if you were anything like we were at Cornell, projects are run, data sets are on disparate computers. They're not even if the same animals <coughs> are animals. Uh, so there's some real opportunity if we are looking at this particular um, set of <coughs> principles to actually bring a lot of that data together. The first two there we look at as and presented as innovation and concept. And the GEMS, as I mentioned earlier, is really at the core of the ARS Grand Challenge This was a new program. I was back in Washington on detail back there. We put it together. Uh, When I was there, (laughs) I was on that executive committee. And that idea that they had was to go ahead and look at all the research going across the different locations around ARS and looking at animals, how they interact with the environment, management, um, and then some of the societal issues that that, uh, come from that. Now the nice thing about this is that the Beef Grand Challenge, which is being led by the U.S. Meat Animal Research Center right now, has been put into place. So this coordinates us automatically with them through a concept, and that's important because we are discussing with them, as I'll mention later, this idea of a beef systems consortium that brings universities and ARS facilities together by actually looking to merge. Somewhere. The genome to phenome aligns us with the animal genome blueprint, which is coming out if it hasn't already uh, this year it's a redesign of that and i picked out uh, from the section called discovery science three of the areas that they discuss in that blueprint as important going forward now the relevance of this is these will inform future funding decisions So being aligned with that opens opportunities down the road, especially if it fits nicely into what we're looking at. The reducing of impact of animal disease, beef systems, is going to have to impact that in some form or fashion. Applying precision agriculture technologies, that is something that uh, the university is getting into it's becoming a new area that's really expanding uh, we need to collect those of phenotypes too and then harnessing the, the microbiome is the third area all of those fit well into a beef systems initiative so having that as a guiding principle in terms of forming the kinds of research we'd like to do is is useful so this led us to a proposal and that is to have a comprehensive genotyping program here at the university where we genotype every animal that comes through the system. It just becomes an automatic protocol for animals that are in, all the research projects, all the animals that are brought in, all the animals that are out without, and storing those in a phenotypic and genomic database that people can access to and utilize in their program also should tie the university herds to the national database of cattle and one place to do that would be for example through the American Seminole Association genetic evaluation where they're interested in having genotypes they're interested in having phenotypes from animals from commercial and feedlot settings and so it allows us then to connect directly with the industry I'll come back to this producer collaborators later on, but I think this is going to be important as well in this area. Matt and I discussed this with GeneSeq and the Semitol Association because one of the things we need to demonstrate as we move forward is any of these ideas we have, there's going to be industry partners who are going to step forward with either energy, money, or product in kind. And that's why I started with the genetics there because I knew. I could put that together, and with Matt's help, he and I work with these two organizations, and we've got informal commitments to work with us to achieve this goal. Emphasis on precision management. The university is actually recruiting a scientist right now and hopes to have it finalized in the first part of next year to work in the area of precision management over in your biological science engineering program. I don't know how widespread that's been announced. <clears throat> yeah, the individual interviewed on campus. Okay. One of my scientists from U.S. Mark has been very uh, instrumental in the early days of precision management uh, in getting getting research done out at the center in that area. And I've always looked at this as an area of research to develop and implement technology that contain things like individual animal records uh, in group settings. And it can also be used in converse to manage individual animals based on information that flows into equipment, like feeding and things like that. So there's <clears throat> a big push in this area. And as I told the folks out in the center when I first got there, when genotyping becomes a commodity, which it has, then the next frontier of phenotypes. Not the traditional ones we collect, but the more intense phenotypes, those that are biologically deep in the, in the animal or uh, we expand the breadth of the kinds of phenotypes we collect. Well, we're a little bit limited in being able to do that, but you can if we start looking at uh, applications of technology that need to be developed or are developed and need testing. In terms of innovation of infrastructure that falls under this, we've talked to uh, leadership about this concept of a feed yard for the future. This is a description of The kind of uh, feedlot that we were talking about multiple management strategies, but designed with the knowledge that we're going to implement technologies that are out there now or coming so that we are prepared, at least in a feedlot setting, to do that kind of research, train our students in internships using that new technology so that we're ahead of the curve as far as that's concerned. So that was a proposal we made that uh, fell under the infrastructure, uh, innovation and infrastructure that uh, leveraged precision management. Emphasis of the flow across segments of the industry, industry partnerships to create support uh, and translational research have got to be a very important part of this. The beauty of Nebraska is the fact that you do have uh, an environment that changes from the east to the west enough to be significant and that you have cattle across those environments that the university owns and and operates. And so when you look at environmental differences, uh, we do have the facilities to do that. We do have control of those facilities, so it makes for a great opportunity there. But even with that, we are going to need industry partners. One way to start that and to look at this emphasis on the value of flow of information from one segment to the next is actually starting by uh, contracting cattle for your feedlot research directly from large ranches that we would work with prior to those cattle coming with us to get DNA samples, get knowledge about what they're doing, and then manage those cattle through your experiments, uh, understanding at the very beginning that we're also gonna be looking at how valuable was it to know these various parts of the industry uh, knowledge of these animals in the various parts of the industry as they flow through it. This is what GeneSeq is very interested in. They're interested in connecting genotypes of animals from one end to the other. The uh, American Semitol Association is interested in records from commercial cattlemen that can go into their program and in, in the subsequent value of those animals as they go The last two meetings I was at this center, as I've mentioned in other presentations, these were uh, things the industry was really struggling with. How do you value the knowledge you have of animals as they go through the system? We also needed to present to them some goals and outcomes. You got a very goal-oriented leadership team over there. They're always talking about what's the intended outcome, what's the goal. So we put down some goals. Some of them were hinted to us uh, and others uh, we designed on our own. And we focused a lot on research and I'll talk a little bit more about teaching the extension as we go through. One of the questions that came to us was that uh, in visiting around the state and beyond, your vice chancellor was hearing a lot of uh, concern from those in the feedlot industry or supporting the feedlot industry in the loss of research support that's going around in the high climate. And they suggested to them that the place is Nebraska. And so Nebraska needs to up its game in that area. And so one of the things that um, up its game to be broader in its impact not up its game in terms of the resurgence and so uh one of the questions was can we address the high plains not just Nebraska, when we look at that kind of research and so one of the things that we thought about was uh actually looking at the panhandle to start to uh set up that kind of research program that have a broader impact Every time we would make a recommendation or a suggestion like this for a goal of outcome, we had to show them consequences. You know, uh, Galen pointed out to them that we would need to change the structure of what we fed there, and that would mean infrastructure development, feed mill, feed commodity sheds, and it would also impact the interest and skill set we would want to look at in that particular position that's out there. So these are decisions that now the broader faculty are gonna to have to engage in in conversation, but uh, that's the kind of approach we wanna take. If this is what you want, and that was clearly signaled to us as a, a component to this beef systems program, this is what we need. And we continue to push forward under that, uh, that concept. Now the goal follows the uh, Initiatives that are currently going on expand the number of animals here in the eastern part of Nebraska, it's, uh, capitalize on the resources that are viewed as underutilized, increase productivity, uh, particularly in the west. And when we looked at that, um, we need to redesign some of the facilities, the grazing facilities that are out west, both in the panhandle and at GSL. I just didn't uh, I still haven't got all the USDA acronyms out of. guys' yeah, got your own set. And also going back to this precision management concept to actually uh, start looking at data collection capability uh, for animals that are out raising uh, those kinds of situations and then continue HEPA development research at North Platte, but now maybe potentially using the heifers that come from the commercial ranch that we get, uh, commercial ranches that we get our feedlot animals from. And the value of that is now you've got male performance and female performance, from genotyped animals from known sources with known information behind them, and, and you don't have disparate uh, data sets or populations that you're working with. Also brought into uh, comments about the Barter Brothers. Um, right now, they're, they're leasing that out to collaborator cattle and doing grazing research at the home place and that we didn't propose to change any, but that we would move the uh, yearling stocker cattle work there running animals both there at the, the Edwards Place and then somewhere on corn stocks and bringing them all together Again, looking at different management strategies, bring different environments, bringing animals together and continuing on with that concept of GEMS. Improved decision-making, we've talked about that. Integration of next generation technology. Again, as we mentioned, uh, trying to adopt technology in the research facilities and having the research facilities designed to be able to do that. Better animal health going to be important. As I said, they're looking at this as a partnership with with, um, the diagnostic lab, greater understanding of products relative to consumer acceptance and health, and better data sharing and utilization across all segments of the industry. Those are the goals that we came up with. They're a subset of many goals that the beef systems needs to have, but we only needed one slide set full of them so that we could demonstrate how we were proceeding through the thought process and how we would develop this system. Teaching and research, we did very little in teaching and research. And that's the next area that we really need to emphasize. And I'm looking forward to start a broader conversation with those who are fully engaged in teaching and coming up with the same kinds of concepts, innovation and infrastructure, innovation and concept and education. Innovation in delivery. We need it at the graduate level, the undergraduate level. Uh, we thought we need to enhance the Beef Scholars Program a bit. And that's a conversation uh, that we had in terms of what they do, uh, the number of people that are in it, the organization of the alumni that come out of it. When I was at Cornell, they had a Dairy Fellows Program that was run by Dave Galton. It was bigger than the <coughs> Scholars program in terms of the number of students who went through it, but they organized an alumni association around Dairy Fellows that became a real political force for the university and dairy research. And we need to start to think about capitalizing on that and those who go through other programs here so that we have a, an organization uh, to lean on. Distance education has actually been uh, a strength of the university. I didn't realize that beyond what Ron was doing. Um, we thought this is a space that you have a, an opportunity to own, given your start, and, and we thought that was a place to really work. Increasing efforts in internships, evolved educators, and on-the-farm research projects. We're gonna need more hands as we go to uh, moving systems research beyond the university and into our collaborator herds and connecting, we thought, uh, the extension educators to research projects would be a useful uh, endeavor for both them and for the research enterprise, improve adoption rate of technology That's something that always needs to be done in industry. enhance workforce development. This was a big deal with the administrators. And it actually led us to the uh, recommendation for renovating the Haskell lab to provide for internships for feedlot, uh, additional internships for feedlot, but uh, develop a practicum for feedlot employees, those that actually ride the pen, all the nutrition, et cetera, et cetera. So those those were goals that we came up with and I'm emphasizing again and again we needed to come up with enough to convince them that this effort was going to be successful that we could pull off a program of this size and magnitude by coming up with innovations they're going to be a subset of what I hope we finally present to leadership in terms of needs in terms of concepts and in terms of infrastructure and down-the-road positions. Next steps. Um, I'm hoping many of you will come to the group meetings. I just got the schedule today. It's pretty intense on Thursday. But uh, if you haven't signed up and want to join, look for when your uh, discipline is meeting. And they're not very long meetings. They haven't been scheduled to be very long. But um uh, want to answer questions. You know want to start uh, reaching out for some feedback and for some new ideas, and we'll design a way for doing it. I come back to town once a month and spend a week here, and we'll uh, have plenty of opportunity to continue to move forward. We're evaluating that Beef Systems Consortium proposal. Uh, we need to vet it a little bit more to see what the <clears throat> university's role would be in that. Again, that's a consortium between the ARS Grand Challenge which includes Miles City, Cheyenne, <clears throat> El Reno, and uh, US Mark, and they will add some others to it. As time goes on, they all do beef research and their affiliated university. And Mark Bogus, the new director out there, um, Mark and I go back a long way and we've talked a lot about this. Uh, he wants university, uh, Nebraska to take the lead on the university side of this. And so we're vetting uh, what that actually means and, and what it will require. And we'll be doing that over the next month or two. Uh, planning to discuss this whole concept at the January 4th committee <coughs> meeting. It's on the agenda for uh, most of the day. And we'll have presentations. Mark Foggus will be there to talk about that stuff that, that uh, he's doing out there as well. And there'll be lots of time set aside in the agenda, as it is right now, for input uh, from everybody who attends that. I guess the word of the day is input. Now now we're free to go and really expand on this. Matt and I went to a meeting um, November 9th, I guess it was, where the UNL Foundation Big Idea program was presented. Uh, we wanted to go in and present the Beach Systems Initiative as a big idea and hoped that uh, in the agricultural community, the IANR community that met as a separate group, um, we could convince them that the Beach Systems, we unfortunately, uh, I unfortunately followed Matt to the room where it was being held and uh, we went to the a room that had architecture, not agriculture. <laughs> so by the time we discovered that era, uh, we went back to the, the actual agriculture one. And by the time we got in there, about five minutes late, beef systems was a small idea compared to what they were putting on the court. So our strategy morphed into what we need to do is figure out how the beef systems fit into a bigger, bigger project and take control of that bigger project. So essentially that's what we've been uh, planning to do and we'll be meeting tomorrow from 10 to 11 over in Ag Hall with some other organizations to discuss that particular project.
1: The idea that
0: came up that resonated with me was this bio base Nebraska. And we need a title of some sort uh, to discuss with any partners we bring in, but Um, one I just threw up here for discussion at the meeting tomorrow is systems to design systems designed to sustain a vibrant bio-based Nebraska when you think about a bio-based Nebraska it's plant which is natural grasses crops animals which is wildlife and livestock Uh, supporting that is water air and soil that brings in the entire microbiome of all organisms and Environmental organisms, and we want to be the project that starts showing this is how systems works If genotype by environment, by management, by societal is the concept that uh, we're all going to follow in this cycle. We'll see how that resonates with other organizations here, centers within the university as we start that, that conversation. This is due. Um, January 11th. It's not a very intensive write-up, but uh, it does have to be uh, convincing. And uh, I asked IANR, if uh, the leadership there, if they'd be willing to sort of endorse this by supporting it and letting us use the fact that they're committing eight positions towards it. Uh, To me, and the answer was yes, to me that sort of makes it Flagship program coming out of IANR, which should increase its success rate. So that's uh, where we've gotten to and how we've gotten here and uh, where we want to go next. I'm very excited about the opportunity to work with uh, a lot more. I'm getting tired of these four. <laughs> it's time to open the doors and really start to uh, put some meat on the skeleton. I've defined to to other people that the skeleton we've built is about the right side, we need the left side and then we need the skeleton. And we're gonna put a lot of fat on it because I've always told uh, my students when they ask, should I apply for a job? I said, well, I don't know if you should, but you can say no, you don't get the job, or they can say no, you don't get the job. I would apply and let them say no. We're gonna ask for everything and let them say no. And if they ask us to prioritize, our strategy is going to be to prioritize in time, not in decisions as to what to so That's our strategy. And I uh, hope we can get all the rest of you on board and moving with this. Questions? The, follow-up. Uh-huh. the bio-based Nebraska area that that's a new area that one of, that was at the meeting the November 9th meeting yeah the one that you went to architecture first oh yeah that was up on the right hand board if you were sitting looking up there okay. somebody threw it out i think it was it uh, threw it out uh, as a as a term and i i just like i thought boy, that if we're going to talk about a biological system that think about one of the most important components of it that it is detail in common states. I just wonder why you can't extend that to human health as well. That was on the left side of the board. <laughs> <laughs> um, when we when I left that meeting what I told Matt is nobody's going to be able to write this big idea in a not of a focused form to be able to convince them out there that it's doable. And to me, the bio-based Nebraska gives us a shot because you reduced it down. Now, one of the things that Archie wants in the hooks that you apply to this, because the foundation has to go out and get money, is antimicrobial resistance, uh, One Health, which brings in humans, Um, so there's avenues to get there through the hooks, but not necessarily through the title of the project. The antimicrobial resistance group that's been made into a uh, institute here is, we've uh, got your medical school and uh, folks here, and we've actually had conversations with how to tie these systems programs of AMR outcomes. Jeff, um, it's not written in stone yet, but that's where we're at right now. Argue convince, and we'll go from there. That's a point I do wanna make. None of this, there's been absolutely no commitment made by the leadership to do any of this and we presented them with no funding requests. We haven't told them anything about costs. Our strategy to this point has been, if you want this beef systems initiative, this is what it needs to look like, be world class. This is what it takes to look like that. And you tell us where where you don't want it. As, as, as you talk to the stakeholders, was there any consideration that maybe you needed to include some of the uh, animal health people that might address the uh, animal resistance issues uh, or the meat industry people that might have to deal with price and demands on the other side? The stakeholders really didn't offer broad recommendations like that. Really, what they were focused on. <laughs> were reactions to whether the systems were there. Uh, To your point, uh, those have to be part of it. And that has to be part of the expansion of of the idea. I'm going to say it probably 20 more times before we look. But what we did was say, here's a nugget. And that nugget is going to grow into what we consider the beef system. We didn't do teaching and extension. We left out a lot of areas in there where we, we didn't feel we could overwhelm them with that much stuff in these very first meetings. And so we went in with what I thought was enough to say, pull the trigger on this thing. Let us go. Thanks, very Also, has there been any discussion Nebraska feed state would like to keep it here, but in order to draw some USDA funding, it might need to be more than just Nebraska that talks about this. So that I know
1: through ARS
0: you've got to add to but through the university system has a discussion about location.
1: Yeah, there, there has been
0: discussion on several fronts. One that I can talk about is the Beef Systems Consortium actually has a request attached to it for $10 million a year through USDA funding, through ARS, to fund the consortium, evenly divided between the Grand Challenge and whatever the partnership vision turns out to be with universities. Um, the year I took off before accepting any kind of responsibility I took off because uh, I was a senior executive service member in that position there. And I couldn't lobby for anything for a year if I received salary. Commitment. And there were two things I wanted to lobby for. One was the help of the US Meat Animal Research Center. And the other was for changing the funding structure at ARS to allow for consortium type activities. To allow for funding not to go to a particular small group in a particular location, but to a concept, and that came out when I was at Grand really Challenge. So, so we are working. One reason Sally Atkins was invited to this thing was to have her informed. Uh, Adrian Smith has been a strong supporter. Beef industry strong supporter of uh, what Burton have I working a lot. on that end of spectrum. And so yeah, that's a funding source. There are other activities that uh, are being identified as we vet this consortium idea um, by the folks over in Ag Hall that could also lead to, to funding. The nice thing about the uh, funding in the USDA is that it's permanent until they get a huge cut. Kind of a specific question, but um, will the uh, enhancement of profitability be broad enough to uh, enhance the stabilization of uh, twinning and uh, beef cattle? Uh, it was put on the shelf at the uh, mark, but you know, an extra 40 or 50% would allow for uh, a substantial effort to find a, a system combining intense care for short periods of time and then the extensive uh, growing out of calves on, on the range. Yeah, so I was the demise of the twinning project. Um, We had gone through all of that data. They were being kept there mainly just to propagate in case something uh, changed in the industry in terms of the acceptance of them. There was never really a good system that established how to utilize those well, and so the industry We'd hold a sale every year out there and sell bulls, and we'd sell a handful of bulls to a handful of producers. It just never really caught on. Uh, the germplasm is preserved, so it could be reconstructed if things change in the future. If I did anything, that probably saved the center from total demise during that New York Times article thing was to have stopped the cleaning projects. But that doesn't mean a system couldn't be developed for you. Do it doesn't do, mean or it couldn't then? be developed. But it takes more than just having the, uh, the genetics now, but uh, no, a whole system. I agree it, it certainly can be developed and, and uh, could be. But in my mind, if you have a germplasm that has value as, well as every other resource of germplasm that was developed out there in the area anywhere, the industry adopts it. They develop the system. I mean, I can't change. I mean, I can't <laughs> change, but they, they have yeah. the industry won't do that part, so you'll have to have a guy from research. You had a four-way interaction term up there, G by E by M by, by S. What are your ideas yeah. on society there? So that's the place we have no idea. <laughs> that's the place where you really struggle. Health is an issue. Quality of the product is an issue. Animal well-being is an issue. Um, Safety of food is a societal issue. Preservation of resources is an issue. Uh, There's a lot of things that come in that societal component. But as we've talked about it, at least our small group, we had no good ideas as to how to start to interact with that. And that's going to be a section that we need to broaden.
1: out. We're pretty good on
0: Jim. It's more than marketing then. It's more than marketing. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a lot more than marketing. It's, it's the acceptance of the beef production culture by consumers to continue to sustain the it's really what it comes to. All right, well. Glad to be a member of the department. Although I'm not sure, I don't even know who I report (laughs) to. (laughs) But anyway, thank you.